You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Uh, welcome back to the Batuta Advocate Radio Show, live from isolation in Budgie Smuggler Bedroom Studios. This week we are talking to uh, one of Australia's greatest exports, although he's quite vague about claiming us on his um, international stand-up specials. I think there's a little bit of a uh, little <laughs> bit of love there, but more Melbourne-centric. Ronnie Chank, thank you for joining us today. Whoa, what the hell is that coming from? <laughs> I, I, yo, I never stop. First of all, thanks for having me on. You guys are awesome. Big, big fan of the paper. I read it every day. Second of all, I've never been shy about claiming it. You guys have been shy about claiming me, and so it becomes like this weird, like, can I even claim it? You guys don't even like first i mean the first of all being asian in australia that's already you're not australian yeah like being being asian in australia is un-australian mm. that's one so already you're, you're gonna have a tough time being clean yeah then second of all i've always said oh uh yeah i lived in australia i started comedy in australia uh, i try to rep australia you guys are the ones who don't return the favor <laughs> no we, hmm. we have a bustling um malay chinese community in um in the channel country of western queensland so um <laughs> no we, we very much consider you australian ronnie but you are you are i mean just looking at your um your history of addresses around the world some might even like question whether or not you've come from a military family <laughs> yeah it's uh I'm, i don't it, it's just a quirk of the modern times that yeah. i just became very post-national yeah yeah because <laughs> we just we just <laughs> My, my family just traveled around, legitimately lived and worked in several places. You know, if you grow up in Malaysia, it's a very multicultural country mm-hmm. and it's connected to Singapore the same way like, it's like connected by like the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yeah, right. Singapore and Malaysia is basically, and I stayed in Johor Bahru, which is the border town. And I, I would wake up in, in Malaysia and then I would go to school in Singapore. I wake up at 4 a.m., take the bus, go to school in Singapore, come back home uh, around 8 p.m. So... I was literally going between two countries. So that's why, like, yeah. when, when people don't understand, like, why do you claim both countries? First of all, most people don't even know that those are two separate countries. <laughs> and then when they do know, they're like, why are you claiming two countries? But it's like, you don't understand. If you come from Johor Bahru, man, Singapore and Johor Bahru, we're like cousins, mm. you know, we're cousin countries. So that's why. So yeah. you wouldn't have to take your passport to school, would you? No, no, I did. I, oh, well, well, did well when, I, yeah, when I started, it was they had a special card for students but you still oh, have right. to take your passport yeah you didn't have to yeah. take your passport out but you had to have it on you but i think they stopped that card there was a special card you could use to get in and out just for students yeah common sense has prevailed it seems <laughs> from there you were obviously a bit of time in manchester usa yes and um <laughs> i guess your f- more formative years teenage years in in melbourne in singapore, singapore. i only I, on, I only came i only came to melbourne for university okay right here so I came, I came uh, when I was 18 years old, I came to Australia for university. And what game were you in then? Were you, in, were, were you heading in towards that or what were, you, what were you studying? Oh, studying law. Doing law commerce at University of Melbourne. Oh, so you... Ba- Good old law com. You basically followed the uh, Charlie Pickering model. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Michaela, <laughs> Charlie Pickering, Andrew O'Keefe even. Sure, it was such a, it was such a bargain, two degrees <laughs> at the same time. Why, who, who the hell wouldn't do that? I mean... It's such an attractive proposition. So, are you still licensed to practice law in oh, the state Steve, of Victoria? Steve Weizard. Steve Weizard as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another great lawyer. Steve yeah. Weizard. 
I am called to the bar in the state of Victoria, yes. Really? Well, that's good to know in case we ever get caught for any uh, yes. white-collar crime, was it? Yeah. Uh, or or um, what's it called? De- defamation. Which isn't out of the realm of possibility. Defamation, <laughs> I mean, definitely. If 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 Cardinal Pell uh, wins this high court appeal, <laughs> we are going to spend a lot of time in court in Victoria. Oh, he's coming after. First thing on his list after the kids is you. I, <laughs> the only assets I have in this world is a 2002 AU2 Ford Falcon. Ooh, that yeah. is, it's off white color. It's got 194 thousand Ks on it, and Cardinal <laughs> Pell is more than welcome to take that. From my cold dead hands, <laughs> as ordered by the Court of Victoria. Have you guys actually had any like legal trouble with the paper? Yeah. Yes. We have. Um, <laughs> we we tend to ignore awesome. it. If we get a cease and desist, we just ignore it. Occasionally, I mean, we do we do run stuff by lawyers, but um, if we can get if if just in our heart we feel like it's like there's no there's no bite with with this bark. We'll, we'll occasionally publish the cease and desist and then they usually back off. I think that a lot of people, that they realise that, that the juice isn't worth the squeeze because they know that we don't have any money or any assets. Right. So if they take us to court and they win, they're just going to have to pay all of their lawyers and we're just going to have to <laughs> d- declare our bankruptcy and Change our that'll names. be that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so by sure incompetence you guys have made yourself judgment proof yeah i, I guess I, that, yeah. yeah well you know what they say there's nothing more dangerous than a man with nothing to lose <laughs> <laughs> but by by being unable to successfully monetize the paper you guys have made yourself essentially judgment proof yeah that, that that you know that's that's awesome that's that's basically how it goes we um well, i mean and it's and it's an interesting time that we're in obviously you must have been very frustrated when you started hitting your straps as a comedian the co- the world kind of went through this weird. I, I guess it was media started to change a lot, and then all of a sudden, mm. no longer can you just be Hamish Blake. You can't be the funny guy from the start of your career to the end of your career who just gets to be funny and gets to make people laugh. Now you've got to be some sort of renegade, some sort of maverick who's like, you know, <laughs> you've got to be part. What's his name? Changed everything for us, wasn't it? Um, that John Oliver. John Oliver. Yeah, the rantalism. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> right. Antilism. You right. Well, that's a very astute and nuanced observation, actually. And no one's ever actually been able to ask me that question mm. in that way. That, that like that shows that much understanding of it, of comedy and the and the entertainment landscape and storytelling. Like people have hinted around that question, but this is the first time I actually heard it asked um, that well. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm not complaining. You know, your, the first part of your question was like, kind of like, are you upset at growing up in this age? Or, I mean, no, I mean, it, it's interesting. I did come up in a weird time when, you know, when I started, it was just kind of like the death of, it was just when YouTube was kind of hitting its stride mm-hmm. for comedians anyway. So no one had figured it out yet. In fact, till today, people are still trying to figure it out. You know, only one or two comics I know, stand-up comics have actually figured it out. But Everyone knew that YouTube was the future, but no one knew how to do it properly. And then the old school was just do live comedy and do some TV appearances, mm-hmm. right, in Australia. That was the yeah. old school. So I kind of came up in that old school, like, do the gala and do your live shows, you know. And to further compound issues, me and the comics of my generation, Matt O'Kine, Nazim, 
Nazim's maybe not the best example of this. Uh, Reese Nicholson, like all of us, we couldn't get on TV. Yeah, we couldn't get on TV. No, like because there was maybe we weren't good enough, and also there was no real place for us to go on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we weren't mainstream enough. Our voices were kind of like subversive, countercultural. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't what it wasn't for the footy show. It wasn't yeah. for whatever it was. So we couldn't actually get on TV, yeah. and so we just did live shows we just did live comedy and it kind of worked out better for us because in my opinion because not to pat myself on the back but i think people kind of heard about my comedy shows Mm -hmm. but the only way to see me was to watch me live so it just kind of drove up demand like you couldn't you couldn't watch me on you couldn't watch me on tv you couldn't hear me on radio the only way you could actually see me is to come and watch me live and i think that in a weird way it 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 helped us you know like it could have gone the other way which is mm. it killed our careers because we had no exposure but <laughs> it i think it it, <laughs> it helped us uh, you know get that critical demand graph the, the yeah. demand graph up and so that's how i played it and because of that i've never played the youtube social media game you know like i'm on instagram i'm on twitter but i'm not prolific like you guys i'm not prolific on you know i don't have a podcast uh, anymore you know i just kind of just Dude, I'm I'm very much an old media dude now. You know, I I'm my, my the TV show I work on, the Daily Show, is on basic cable. You know, I do stand up, which is just live shows. You have to buy tickets to come watch me. You know, I don't have a YouTube show. I don't, have, and I probably should have, but I I don't know. I just came up in that time when that yeah. was the thing to do. I'm very comfortable doing that stuff. You know, the other part of your question, which is very interesting, is yeah, I guess you 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 kind of are, but I do think that there is some you you kind of have to be that outrage comedy as i call it mm-hmm. right you kind of have to be like this outrage comedy but i think there's a pushback from it now you know i think it's going the other way which suits me just fine you know i i'm mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm a comedian you know i'm a stand up comedian at heart uh, the other thing about me is that because i'm a chinese comedian it's also hard for me to just be a comedian mm-hmm. right because everything i do has to have like some commentary on the on the asian experience in the west mm-hmm. and all that you know so that's another thing yeah. that i kind of have to yeah now, just a message from our partner today, Sane.org. Life is far from ideal right now, and this can really impact our mental health. Yeah, now that we're all stuck at home, it's still so important that we stay connected to one another. If you need some support when it comes to your mental health and well-being, the Sane forums are a place where you can talk online to people who get it. They know what you're going through because they've been there too. Yeah, you're sure to find someone in a similar position as you to talk to. The forums are completely free and anonymous, plus mental health professionals are there in the background 24-7, so you'll always feel safe and supported. So why not sign up right now and chat to others at sane.org forward slash forums. That's S-A-N-E dot org forward slash forums. Because physical distancing doesn't have to mean social distancing. Sane.org slash forums. We care because we've been there. Rodney, you were saying just before that you were coming up in an age where you guys knew that YouTube was going to be the future. Is the future now, is the traditional sort of pathway for an Australian comedian, has it changed a bit, you know, where mm. we were talking about the ABC being mm. the the absolute nirvana, you know, once you get a show on the ABC, you're done. Are those days over now? I, th- I, I think so, if they were ever really the days, you know, like when has... For some reason, everyone's aiming to get a show on the ABC in Australia, and I can't. Yeah. If if the because the numbers don't really make sense anymore, both financially and in terms of views, mm-hmm. and I mean, if you put your producer's hat on, forget the creative, just put your producer's hat on. 
The numbers don't make sense at all. Yeah. And and here's the great con in Australia is that they'll go, hey, we really like you. We want you to make a show, but we never have any money. <laughs> There's no money. You, you, so so you have to make it for this amount. Yeah. Okay, you have to make it for this amount of money. Let's say a hundred grand an episode, just just to keep it easy. Mm-hmm. That's not the actual number, but you have to make it a hundred grand an episode, which is. To make it for a hundred grand episode is already ev- that means that everyone is gonna work for less than minimum wage, mm-hmm. and you're gonna because it's your project, your baby, you're gonna think it's worth it because you want this thing to succeed, and mm-hmm. because it's your first time doing something like this, you're gonna say, you know what, I don't care about the money, I just want to make something cool. Yeah. So you're gonna do it. You're gonna put in all your work, all your energy, put your life into it, put your ideas into it, right? And inevitably, mm-hmm. inevitably, it falls over due to bad marketing or bad decisions or maybe, maybe bad talent, whatever the reason is, it falls over. And then guess what they do? They go, okay, on to the next guy. Yeah. They, then they find the next person and then here's where the con happens. They go, hey, you're the, new, you're the new guys. We want you to make a show. But guess what? The previous guy made it for 100000 So now you have to make it for 80000 80, Yeah. You know, so they keep yeah. pushing it down and down, and and they don't realize that hundred thousand was already below the minimum. Mm. To make it for eighty thousand is it's impossible. Yeah. You know, but and and then they'll do it. People will do it for the reasons I said before, and because there's not enough funding in it, bad decisions inevitably falls over again, and this cycle keeps repeating. And the people who suffer here are the creatives and the audiences, obviously, but the creatives. I and there's a lot of execs there, and I don't see them cutting their salaries no. anytime. You know, all I see is the show budgets going down and down. So it's, it's this kind of game, and it's it's hard to talk about this stuff because not enough people are in a position to make shows yeah. to know enough about this. Yeah. All all people see is like, why are you complaining? Mm-hmm. They gave you a show and you're complaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but look at look at yeah. what the ABC. Broadcast literally every day on the ABC, they play Black Adder <laughs> every day. <laughs> it's how is how the fuck yeah. are uh, they playing that, Black? It's a timeless classic. <laughs> every day, there's only, and by the way, Black Adder was what eight episodes a season, four seasons, yeah, twenty four episodes yeah. every day yeah, I know. for twenty years. And le- they found a way to play Black Adder. And Led Zeppelin had to fund that program. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It, and so my point is that this is what. These are the people we're dealing with. Yeah. We're dealing with people who play Blackadder every day and audiences who want to watch Blackadder every day. Yeah, well, so I mean, you're, you're playing even that though, even that is questionable too because you can't, you don't know what the audiences want to watch until they latch onto something. And, and, and a perfect exactly. example is Kath and Kim. That was said, I think, how many people said no to that? Exactly. That, that, that show was bumped time and time again Dude. until the girls were just like, no, no, back is here. And they got lucky. Yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. What Seinfeld was was not didn't have the acclaim at the start, man. Mm. People had to back it and it became the greatest TV show of all time. So you, there's no runways. You, you, here. you had your run with the ABC there, and when that wrapped up, <laughs> can, can you tell? <laughs> can, can you tell us so uh, when that wrapped up? What what were you looking at? Did you have this um this this job in America ready to go or? What were you, what? No, I'm I'm very lucky. Again, I'm very lucky, and which is why I take it upon myself to talk about yeah, this true. because I'm not I'm not talking about this for myself. By the way, I this isn't about me. This isn't I swear to God, this isn't. You got out of the um, hood. Ronnie got out of the hood. Yeah, this isn't a hundred percent bitterness here. There's yeah. probably some bitterness and ego in that equation because everything yeah. we do is multifactorial. Yeah. But I'm. It's not solely. This isn't. This isn't solely self-interest. I'm. I'm saying because when I got the show, I actually was already on the Daily Show. They approved my pilot. I, w- I wrote the pilot script. The script got pl- approved. Then I got hired on the Daily Show. So I actually left the Daily Show for for a few weeks to film the pilot yeah, at, right. at 
personal costs just to make this show. And then we went back and then the ABC approved the season. So we wrote a whole season while I was working at The Daily Show. I came back again at personal cost. Uh, you know, I gave up the salary at The Daily Show for a few weeks to film this thing uh, for a few weeks in, in, in Australia. So when, when it didn't get picked up again, like I, I was already working on The Daily Show, you know? It, when it didn't get picked up, it, it actually meant I would make more money. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's... that, yeah. And I'm very, very lucky to be, have been in, in that position. You know, yeah. uh, mo, um, every no one else was in that position. Anyone else working at ABC is not in that position, so... Did you ever consider just being like, maybe I just should have kept going and gone on to work at, like, at Clayton Oats or at, or at Ashurst or something and just, you know... Damn. What life would have been like if, if you were a Collins Street suit? Damn, you know... You know the name, so you went to law school? <laughs> no, I, I just have had a lot to do with the courts over the years. So <laughs> just, I'm just a drifter. If you know, yeah. if you know Ashurst, then you're in the legal. You, you have some connection to legal industry, man. No, no, those are big firms, but nobody. Those aren't the. Everyone knows the big six, don't they? <laughs> Up until the point I got the Daily Show, I I kept thinking one. I always had like one foot out the door, to maybe I was like, oh, maybe I should. I have to go back to law now or something, you know, like, yeah. So I always had that in my head, but when I got the daily show, it became like, okay, I think I can actually make a proper career of this and, you know, keep going. But I, I would have been a terrible lawyer. I do think about it sometimes, but I, I was a, I was a terrible law student and I would I have, do hear a lot of lawyers who are lawyers now who say they're bad lawyers. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I guess, uh, maybe, <laughs> like, whoa. You know, the, the, like what makes a good lawyer? I mean, uh, you know, there's people Someone who deal with clients. And, <laughs> there yeah. you go. So maybe they have souls now. I don't know. I, 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 most of my friends, I, a, a, a small minority of them from law school actually still love what they're doing. I yeah, will true. say that. Most of them are like, oh, fuck. Slowly preparing themselves for liberal pre-selection in a, like an outer, <laughs> outer metropolitan Basically. suit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I know one of them actually did. Yeah, one of them is a libertarian. One of them is a libertarian, not 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 quite a liberal, but a libertarian yeah. leader. So there you go. Now, can you tell us a little bit, Ronnie? Um, in these uncertain times we're in, isn't it? It's been interesting to see like all of that clutter that usually takes up a lot of energy in the media cycle and in, I guess, in comedy, um, is just disappearing. Yeah, good point. But um, it, it is interesting watching some people that would usually have quite a platform and quite a voice have just disappeared in the last month. I mean, I think it's a pandemic. It's an unprecedented yeah. global pandemic. So I think if nothing else, if not creatively, I think just logistical workflows have been affected. Yeah. I mean, the Daily Show workflow is complete. We can't go to the studio. Yeah. They took a week, which I think is a huge quick turnaround to figure out how we can do this show from our own homes. And we figured it out. So we're actually doing segments from our homes, recording with Trevor, Trevor's doing from his house, you know. We're all like in scramble, you know, uh, emergency backup mode. So uh, I think maybe just logistically people are affected by it. I yeah. think also it's hard to complain about whatever the hell, you know, issue is happening in your life when we have a global pandemic that mm -hmm. is, you know, if, if not affecting many people it's definitely in the news cycle it's dominating the news cycle so it's hard to talk about anything else right uh, yeah but i agree that it is interesting seeing everything at what we're used to the usual noise kind of quiet and slow down yeah. being replaced with a different type of noise which is 
Instagram Live and、uh, whatever the hell else is <laughs> people doing qu- quarantine shows and podcasts、yeah. or whatever the hell people yeah, trying yeah. to figure out. You know, there's not many people writing 1,500 word op eds on subconscious gaslighting right now. There's, yeah,、uh, <laughs> it's it's more about、uh, hey, wash your hands. Although arguably, arguably that that might even be more useful now that gaslighting on the internet because you know this <laughs> Twitter has always been terrible and、uh, in light of the coronavirus thing is it's definitely having a lot of real the terribleness is having real world consequences. I think.、Mm. Can you can you just run us through? You're currently in isolation in Australia. I'm not in、uh, enforced isolation. I'm self self enforced isolation, yeah, so yeah. I can still like go out for groceries and stuff. Yeah. Did you make the call? To come back from New York? Oh no!、Uh, so what happened was I was actually in Australia to make a, f- a film, yeah, and、right. the production got shut down when this, you know, when shit hit, hit the fan,、yeah. and so I had a, you know, choice whether or not to return to New York, and I thought it'd be better to just wait it out here rather than try to travel and go back to New York, you know. Yeah, well, I suppose now I've spoken to a few people in the、uh, creative space, and they're. Feeling a bit concerned now that they've got all of this time, they might be forced to do something. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that they might be forced to actually create something. Yes. In terms of creating and writing, is this a good time? Is this what you do sort of normally? Like, if if you really had to nut out a script for a whole kind of show, would you put yourself in isolation and just、yeah. nut it out? Yeah, I mean, in many ways, you know, you can make what you want of any situation. I think in many ways, this is a really cool writers' retreat. I mean, it is for me.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm away from home. I'm, you know, in.、Uh, I, I'm not meeting with anybody. I, I have quiet. I have a lot of time. You know, all the business meetings have been put on hold.、Yeah. So you can just kind of focus on the writing. So yeah, you can you can write something. And I think people should write things because we now live in a post-coronavirus world, and、yeah. all our stories. Uh, all set in a pre-corona world, you know, and so there's an <laughs> element of relatability that is absent from a lot of these shows we watch on TV now. You're like, oh, that was what it was like before corona, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like these these、yeah. these characters in this TV show don't even know. That, yeah, you should throw <laughs> you know, on so, throw、yeah. on a '90s rom com and and and, <laughs> and just grieve about how people used to be able to hug each other and shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.、Uh, there's from a creative point of view, there are positives if you have your health and you. You're hopefully financially okay. You kind of have, have a perfect excuse to hunker down and write some stuff and make some stuff or animate some stuff or whatever your thing is, you know. Ronnie, another big、uh, big moment in your career. I mean, aside from the Daily Show and of course the Little Dum Dum Club podcast, was、uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which was obviously a bit groundbreaking. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, big fans of the character you played. I'm actually halfway through that now. The, the actual book. There's a lot in the book that isn't in the movie. Like、yeah. the detail in the book is just insane. Like how the author goes through like where each item of clothing is from and which part of Paris、mm. it was bought in and with which card. Yeah. You know, it's just like. I think that's also really nice insight. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the appeals of the story in the book was that. It was very detailed and accurate. I don't remember reading a book where there were so many footnotes. And yeah, so, yeah, I know. Yeah, so many footnotes referring to explaining <laughs> the Singaporean local lingo and and slang and food items. You know, like that's why I was like, oh man, I can't believe this is a story that people in America got behind because it's so Singaporean. 
yeah. it just speaks to how authentic authentically written it was you know i remember thinking um all of a sudden you pop up on screen and i said surely there's a lot of singaporean actors and american actors do you feel like uh now looking at where everyone's gone with their careers from that movie do, do you feel that is a weird thing or like a, a, the the representation of asian people in films is like kind of lacking a little bit in the fact that they had to literally grab you guys from all around the world yeah absolutely yeah you know and it's a very it's this is a incredibly difficult topic to talk about because there's a lot of different factors that come into it i mean one factor is that people point to the entertainment industry in asia like mm -hmm. asia has its own entertainment industry so people yeah. are like well you have that why do you need this yeah <laughs> uh, but but people don't understand that like there's a lot of Australian Asians, a lot of American Asians who have nothing to do with Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is kind of for them, you know, yeah. to see them in in the Western world, in Western storytelling. Then the other element is that uh, we say Asian, and we say Asian in the West partly as a simplification and partly because it creates a very powerful voting block yep. that all of us can kind of band together yeah. as a community to... Very powerful. You know, yeah, very powerful community. But... <laughs> it fails to adequately describe the actual cultures present in that. Yeah, you know, when you yeah. say Asian, you're talking about, you know, a vast number of Koreans, Japanese, yeah, yeah, for sure. Thai people, Burmese. Entire continent. Yeah. The, uh, like, uh, you've got uh, Filipinos, you have Malaysians, you have Chinese people in Malaysia, you have Chinese people in Philippines, you have, in, in China, you have different dialects, Hokkien, yeah. Teochew, Cantonese. You know, in Japan, they have different regions. So, like, and then you have the American versions of all these. You know yeah. what I mean? American, Chinese, Filipino. So, yeah. the permutations are endless. Yeah. So, all these different groups, by the way, have different cultures and agendas. Like, not just Chinese, Filipinos. American, Chinese, Filipinos, and Chinese, Filipinos have probably different cultures. Mm -hmm. You know? So, all these people, you band them together, and then you try to give representation by putting Asians in a TV show, yeah. like as, sec as secondary characters. Of course you're not gonna <laughs> hit authentic, authentic, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah. The, I mean, once again, let's bring it back to my favorite topic, the ABC, like yeah. they have a literal checklist <laughs> and, and they literally go like, okay, well we have this gay Asian guy who is playing the, you know, the, 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 fifth, the fifth lead in this. <laughs> so therefore we have good diversity it's like no you don't yeah, how yeah, can you possibly have stories so yeah so all those factors play into the idea of what the movie was about yeah. you know and it speaks yeah. to what you just said which is which is the difficulty in finding the fucking actors to be in it yeah yeah because it is interesting when you look at like america the biggest thing i find in america is in, in hollywood if you talk to producers it's almost like they would think that only five latino actors exist in the world Right, right. And they're usually all very uh, typecast Southern California gangsters and their names are right. always Hector. But right. it's, 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 that's got to be a whole different hurdle as well to imagine Hollywood's now got to not only get past a man of Asian appearance, he sits in the uh, passenger seat of the cop car for this scene. It's like, yeah. oh, now how are we going to include the LA Koreatown population? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. And I, I mean, I think that's changing a bit. I think what part of the reason why is because the younger generation is coming in. Mm. You know, the younger generation who understands yeah. that world better. And they understand, they grew up with people from diverse backgrounds, so they want to tell that story. You know, I think that's happening. 
But at the same um, time, so- Ronnie, at the same time, do you feel like you may have a massive pan-Asian fan base but <laughs> following that Netflix special? And Crazy Rich Asians? Uh, yeah, I certainly hope so. Yeah. I'm trying to make some money here, yeah. <laughs> I hope that... Yeah, I certainly hope that anyone anyone who is Asian likes it, and also I hope everybody, I hope everybody likes it. Were you honest. casting but, a wide net, or was... Or was no, it, uh, I mean, honestly, with, my, with everything I make now, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be authentic, you know? I'm mm-hmm. not trying to pander. You know, I, I think that storytelling, which I think stand-up comedy is a form of storytelling, I think with storytelling, I think authenticity resonates, so... Uh, ever since I started doing comedy, I've always just tried to say what I want to say and hope people get behind it. And I've been lucky that people have been getting behind it. You know, I won't say yeah. I was trying to cast a white net, but that being said, I mean uh, that I think there's some element of that, right? That's why I want to be on Netflix so I could get a bigger platform. In terms of like, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm I, I definitely I'm not trying to pander in what I do. Yeah, good. When did you know it was time to take your shit on stage for everyone? Was that when Netflix hit you up or like did you feel you had like a growing kind of fan base off the back of The Daily Show and, and all your work? I mean, obviously, oh. we, we can't discredit uh, what Dum Dum Club's done for you, but... <laughs> Not quite sure what you're asking. You're, you're making it sound like the decision to go on Netflix was mine. Yeah, no, uh, no. Did, very, did, you, it, uh, did you feel like you, you said, now we're not in Melbourne anymore, Ronnie? When was that feeling? <laughs> Oh, when I when I got hired at a Daily Show, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I got hired at a Daily Show, I moved I moved over to New York, and it was like, okay, you know, it's a different, completely different world. Mm-hmm. You know, New York City is already a different culture, and then the New York stand-up scene is a different culture, yep. and then the Daily Show is its own vibe. You know, yep. so very very much when I when I went to work on the Daily Show, when I got hired, it was very much like uh, it was the. Wizard of Oz moment. Yeah, yeah, you're not in Melbourne anymore. You know, there's no one here you know. You didn't, you didn't come up in comedy with these people. You've never worked in this environment before. You've never worked in an office before. Yeah. You've never uh, had to run around New York City, you know, jumping on stage, trying to get stage time everywhere. So, you, yeah. You said, you said in, your, in, your, in, your, in your comedy special you could do six to eight shows a night. Yeah, easy. Easy. Um, you can what, do more than that geez. if you want. Really? Yeah, it's New York is the mecca. I mean, and I hope it continues to be so. You know, right now we, we're facing a, a, a this 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 thing is directly affecting live events. So, yeah, you know, I hope it comes back. But uh, six to New York eight shows a night. A, I yeah, mean, how, how big a shift would that be all up? Would that be six hours? What? How many? Five hours throughout the evening? So your each spot would be around twelve minutes, right? Fifteen yeah. or 10, 10 to fifteen minutes. You will run around, yeah, from. Uh, I get off the daily show at 7.30 and then I go immediately just go to do shows. So you'll be gigging from 8 p.m. till, I don't know, maybe 1 a.m. Yeah, and then you go home. Yeah. yeah. That's a brutal life, honey. <laughs> hey, man, it's it's the dream. You know, yeah. it's the dream. Yeah. It's the dream. It's the only time, honestly, it's yeah, the only true. time when, when it's the only place you can do it. And honestly, it's the only time I actually felt genuinely happy with that stuff. You know, running from gig to gig, it's just, that's the dream, man. It's so the dream of every stand-up comic. You got you got out of there for this film before things started getting tense in New York City. Yes. yes. So you you actually were were you around for all of that hardcore uh, China virus shit? No, I wasn't. Yeah, I, I just missed it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Could, could you see that happening before it happened? Because it started getting um, real anti-Chinese there, and and it still yeah. has in, in in many parts of Australia. Yeah. I could see that happening. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I kind of saw it happening. I was hoping that it 
would be a bit more specific yeah. <laughs> or or isolated. Even till this point, I still don't know how widespread it is, whether it's just, you know, idiots on the internet or mm-hmm. how much of it is real life. The hatred is kind of carried on out in real life. I, 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 I Honestly, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of it is either way. But um, yeah, I guess I could see that coming. Yeah, it's about to become yeah, the right. Trump virus. And in fact, in Australia, yeah. we should hold more prejudice towards boomers who have been skiing in Aspen or on cruise ships. Hey, because, um, listen, man, I've yeah. been I've been beating that drum for years now. This <laughs> even before it's an illness of the bourgeois. <laughs> I, I've been it's the bourgeois flu, dude. The uh, anyway, yeah, I've been complaining about the the boomer generation in charge for a while now. So you know, there's <laughs> nothing new. Can you tell us, did you, just, just on that cruise ships, did you ever do a cruise ship show when you were doing Australian comedy? No, thankfully no. <laughs> thankfully no. And do you know, uh, do you know like... Never uh, had the chance to get gastro at sea, <laughs> which is lovely. Man, I know a lot of comics who do do the cruise ships, you know, and, and credit to them, man. It's a tough gig. Um, like, uh, I do you know that cruise ships are actually some of the worst things for the environment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, in terms of actual just pure numbers and pollution, yeah. they actually cause some of the most damage. So I actually hope the cruise ships don't come back. I yeah, hope this is it. It's the crude oil. Yeah, that- because this, the, the diesel engines that they run off, there's a type of diesel that's like that they get from like the very end of the refining process where it's very high in um, the bad stuff. Yeah. And they, they just have these boats that serve no purpose and to entertain yeah, the elderly for a couple of days, all the way up to a couple of months or a year. Yeah, not to mention the food wastage, not to yeah. mention the you know all well, that. The, the thing is, um, that Ruby Princess that basically is responsible for about twenty percent of all coronavirus cases in Australia, that they just unloaded into Circular Key two weeks ago. Right now, that thing's still here, and they're trying to talk about what they do with their staff that are sick. But that thing sitting in <laughs> Sydney Harbour runs more pollution than every car in Sydney. No, I would believe that. I'm yeah. trying to find the numbers so I yeah. can actually like talk about this a little bit more intelligently. That you know, so all, of gross. Us, yeah. all of us are like you know trying to cut down plastic bags and straws and freaking <laughs> whatever. What, what, literally, we have billions of dollars invested trying to invent electric cars. Yeah. These goddamn cruise ships. <laughs> another another stat that's just pretty concerning. I heard was the twelve biggest cruise ships on earth pollute the same as every car on earth no, that's what i i heard i heard that too and well, so I'm, I'm hoping bill gates does a ted talk about that we can just uh retweet that and pretend <laughs> like we did something with our lives because this thing this thing it, it's a it's an actual huge issue like if we're going to tackle climate change this is one of those things yeah. you know that that could be your thing ronnie now that you like because you're a comedian now so you can that can, you can become a renegade <laughs> like the anti-cruise ship <laughs> you can be the anti-cruise ship guy <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're running out of steam yeah. anytime soon, mate. No, 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 no need for that. I'll, just I'll, yet. I'll put it. It'll be a title of my next special. <laughs> the cruise, the cruise yeah. ship guy. <laughs> uh, just before Sorry. we let you go, there's been a lot of time where we're for being locked away in our houses over the past few days. Are you working on anything new? What can we expect uh- to see? from Ronnie probably not this year because everything's fucked oh yeah yeah working on some scripts uh, some TV scripts movie scripts and uh, I'm still touring like my tour I actually my tour was on sale and it had to we've been moving dates but I'm hoping I can tour before the end of the year you know as 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 naive as that thought sounds you know so hopefully I'm not spruiking tickets I'm just saying that hopefully you know live stand up comes back 
in some form and we can do again you know obviously if it's if Hell it's yeah. safe for everybody so perfect thanks a lot guys what what would you what would you want to see back first i mean apart from your livelihood leave that right. out of it would you prefer to see stand up or nba back uh, on the cards god damn at this point i'll be happy if we can just travel to a different city without having to be in jail for two weeks i would love for everyone to just be able to walk outside for a bit uh well uncertain times thank you for joining us uh thank you for joining us ronnie been a great yarn and i'm um, thank you for sticking it to the abc that was refreshing oh, thanks a lot anytime man i'm the guy That's i'm the good. guy who doesn't care about the job anymore <laughs> it, so it's only us and you ronnie <laughs> those bastards down there in the in the ultimate <laughs> kremlin kingmaker thanks a lot guys yeah thanks, we don't guys. need them. Thank you.